0: School District. You're listening to the Community 360 Podcast. I'm Mona White, Community 360 Counselor, and I'm here with Nicole Collier, who's a 360 Counselor and also a Counselor at Chaparral Elementary School. We're going to be talking about Chapter 13 of 13 Things Mentally Strong Parents Don't Do by Amy Morin, and we've been doing this um, podcast for weeks and weeks and really loving this book. So, Nicole, take us away. What are we going to talk about today?
1: Today, we're talking about Chapter 13, Mentally Strong Parents Do Not Lose Sight of Their Values. I thought this was a really interesting chapter.
0: I thought it was a good chapter, too, especially... Some of the ideas were kind of I had thought of before, and then she had some really great ideas, too. So I'm looking forward to um, talking about the chapter and whoa, she starts the chapter off talking about a, a 15 year old who was caught cheating. And so um, she had some interesting insight about that.
1: Yeah, so that, I I actually, what I love about this book is how she actually gives real life examples of some of her clients that have come in. And this particular student she was talking about, um, he had always received the message from his parents that high achievement, getting good grades, being successful in school, really was the most important thing. And so he had this project to do And he kind of ran out of time and out of fear that his parents were going to get upset. He went ahead and he cheated and he got caught and his parents were really upset about this because um, of what a high um, emphasis they placed on how important it is to be honest. But over the years, they never really talked about honesty. The conversation always kept going back to doing well in school. Yeah. So then, yeah. So then Kyle ended up cheating and
0: then. -hmm. And certainly she doesn't blame the parents for the, the uh, kid making this choice, but she does talk a lot about he cheated and then how she brings the family in. And this is what I like about her too, is what are the family values and do we communicate our family values clearly to our kids and i think that sometimes we think we do in a in a nuanced kind of way but our kids don't get it and so having those really clear conversations i think is so important and um, again, my kids are grown, but I would have loved to have read this book like when my kids were in like middle, well, even younger, but especially middle school and high school, because she she does come up with some very tangible ideas.
1: Yeah, I mean, I really like your idea about the open line of communication and really communicating with your kids and as a family. What are our values? What what's important to us? And not just assuming that your kids are gonna know, right? Because I think sometimes kids can be confused, right? Just in the instance of Kyle with his grades and and cheating, right? He thought that, well, you know what? The most important thing is that I get good grades. That way my parents won't be mad at me. Um, And they were disappointed because he was dishonest. So, you know, as a parent, everything you do from how you spend your money to how you spend your time, all those things speak volumes about what's important to you in life and our kids see it. And sometimes our priorities can get mixed up a little bit and then we might inadvertently send the wrong messages to our kids. Um, so it's interesting. So she kind of has this list of points to see and kind of, you know, self check and see if you answer affirmatively to any of these points, um, to as to whether or not you're parenting according to your values.
0: Are you talking about the rose colored glasses?
1: No, I haven't uh, got to that part
0: Oh yes, okay, oh, yeah, the che- that checklist. What struck what kind of really struck you with the were there a couple of things that really yeah, struck you? I
1: mean, one of them is I'm not sure what my personal values are. So if we don't, as parents, if we don't know what our personal values are, how are we supposed to relay that to our kids and teach them to our kids? So I think it's important to really sit down and think about what your personal values are and what you would like to instill within your kids.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I I thought that was really good because I think like with my kids, I definitely work ethic and and making good choices was there but I don't know that we ever kind of sat down and talked about like this is what you know the different things that we value in our family I do know we talked about valuing education um but I I like how she kind of has you think about what are your values and then how might you be able to um to express them more clearly to your kids. So, uh, and then she talks about, Nicole, it's easy to get caught up in the competition. Whoa.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think especially too with social media, right? We are kind of inundated with people posting things like, oh my gosh, look at how amazing my child is. Look at how successful they are. And it's all because of me. Um So parenting has really become much more public. Um, And it's really interesting how that's really changed the dynamic between uh, parents and kids. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. And so and and I think that that we don't want she kind of talks a little bit about we don't want to shame each other either so I'm a you know my kids better or I'm a better parent I think how can we be supportive and kind to one another um and what I like is the rose colored glasses because I thought oh my gosh how true is this um so parents overestimate their child's academic achievements and she just talks about you know like everyone you know not every child is going to be a straight A student, and that's okay. You know, what we really want to talk about is are our kids always doing their personal best, because that's how they're going to continue to grow and achieve. Um, and, uh, and she has a couple of of other things that um, parents sort of look at things with a distorted lens. And I think that we as parents can have a little bit of a reality check and so and accept our kids for who they are. Of course, keep our expectations reasonably high um, but not expecting our kids to be perfect um, because that's where this chapter opened with kind of talking about a, a child feeling like their best wasn't good enough and then they felt like they had to resort to cheating. So keeping those messages more clear.
1: Yeah, and I think too that a lot of that goes back to effort. Um, I know that we've talked about this on other podcasts um, during this this book um, session that we've been doing, but really, you know, expressing how proud of you you are of your kids for the amount of effort they've put in, not necessarily the
0: outcome. And then she has a really good. Uh, a thing kind of calling out parents of you know we tell our kids that they should have you know we value honesty or whatever but then sometimes we aren't always having that best behavior as parents and then we're saying well I don't know why my child is doing whatever and the, here's her, here, I'm kind of quoting her but um, am quote unquote, is kids learn far more from what you do than what you say so it's kind of like you have to walk the talk and that's not always easy or fun because sometimes you know we don't we don't want to do that
1: no and I think it's important to realize and remember our kids are watching everything we do even when we don't think that they are and it was so funny because she brought up this um example of a father who came into her office for therapy because he he had a son that was lying every day. And the father was really upset that his son was dishonest. And in addressing some of the behavior problems, author which is the therapist learned that the father actually frequently bought 12 and under movie tickets for his 13 year old son so every time they would go to the movies they would pretend that his 13 year old son was under 12 years old and really that was teaching his child that you know what it's okay to lie it's okay to be dishonest right because kids are going to have a hard time um, seeing the difference between wanting to get into the movies, um, you know, and cheating on a math test because it's both dishonesty. So paying close attention to our actions and making sure that they are in line with our values is super right. important.
0: And, and I think that it's like we're saying, be kind, be thoughtful to our kids. But if we aren't following through with that and we're behaving in a different way they're getting a message that actually being kind and considerate or polite or whatever it is isn't isn't really that important so um yeah
1: Right. And, you know, she had some other really good examples like, you know, how do you treat somebody who's made a mistake or how do you respond when a cashier gives you back too much change? It's those little instances and those little life moments that are such great teachable moments for our kids on teaching them to, you know, be honest and do what's right.
0: Yeah, I, I and again, I like I really like how the author does a good job of giving sort of um examples uh, like that of you know somebody gives you the wrong change now some kids would be like woohoo like, you know whatever and or, or turning in something at school to lost and found or whatever it is like we, you know we really can teach our kids that so um, what struck you next what
1: struck me next was something that she said and kind of just, I guess one of the things is just because you haven't heard that your child hasn't been doing anything or hasn't been getting in trouble at school or what have you, doesn't necessarily mean that your values are instilled within them. Because sometimes kids will follow rules because they don't want to get into trouble, right? Um, and they're not likely to behave when they think they're not going to get caught. So, it's really important to consider whether your child internalized your values and are they following the rules because you told them to or is your child really invested in doing the right thing even when no one's looking.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. And I and I also I like this part where she's t- she, being a parent is no is no easy job. And Nicole and I know that. And I think that when we're a little bit of wiggle room is is um, there's not there's no set right or wrong, but really what is it with for us as a family or as parents what do we want to um, teach our child and sometimes different things come up life lessons and we we at that moment we have to decide like what is it that I would really like my child um, to learn so there isn't necessarily a set. Uh, rule of uh, do this for this or do that for that but you know in a particular situation what what would I want my child to learn so for example they find you know something lost at school and you would hope that they would turn it into the lost and found and we would we can be doing those things too and helping our kids see like and modeling so um and, and things come up every day, every day, where we can kind of set a role model. And actually, even when our kids get a little older, too. So
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like things happen every day that can be turned into a learning opportunity. We um, just have to be mindful and pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, Mona, what did you think about the part of the chapter that talks about creating a family mission statement.
0: I loved that. I thought
1: so excited when I read that part because you know what? Organizations will have a mission statement, right? That outlines why they exist or, you know, what their purpose is. But I think as a family, it's really important that we know what our purpose is as a family, right? What mm-hmm. makes our family different? Because without a clear purpose, we're basically just a bunch of people who happen to live together under the same roof. But if you're able to create a, a mission statement, you can actually come together to work on common goals and a shared purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and the way she recommends doing this is to have the adults in the household kind of get together first and brainstorm and talk about you know, what they believe the family's mission is or should be. And then it's really great because then you can hold a meeting with the family, with the kids and ask them some questions, have them um, take part in the conversation, have them help, you know, figure out what should our mission statement be and some of the questions you can ask. I really love them. Um, What makes us a family? What kind of things are we able to accomplish as a family? How can we use what we have to make the world a better place? How can we help other people? And what types of things are
0: most important to us? I, I thought that was really great, and so that's what in the beginning when I said I wish I I wish I would have done that with my kids. I think that that would have been great because um, you know I have three kids, and I think what types of things are most important to us. I think that you know we could, we did a good job as parents communicating some things, but I don't know that we communicated as much as we could have and and that idea of what makes us a family and you know what could we accomplish as a family i love that i thought that that was really great and um and i think especially now we've you know we're we're uh, a year and more into a pandemic and um sort of circling back we have spent a lot of time together (laughs) (laughs) but kind of we're both laughing about that but we spent a lot of time together but this is sort of an opportunity to spend maybe some quality time and and really circle back to we have spent a lot of positive time together too in some cases and so you know how can we look at that time and what what do we value now maybe it's changed a little bit
1: she had the cutest idea for your, uh, like once you've figured out your mission statement, um, how you should post it in a prominent location in your home. And so she was talking about how some families will create a poster and hang it on the wall or um, some families will get it stenciled on the wall in their home. And I just thought that seemed really cool. You know, it's a reminder, a constant reminder as, what, um, as to what makes us a family, what is our mission, what's our purpose uh-huh. as a family.
0: And next, back into the parenting zone, uh, I know that we have talked about this in many other podcasts and we'll kind of circle circle in on it today. And that is, as parents, it, we don't have to be perfect either. And we can acknowledge when we make a mistake. And sometimes we do make a mistake and we behave in a way that we're, uh, you know, we're maybe not so proud of and that we can... Um, call ourselves out and, you know, and apologize and say, you know, I should have handled that better. She gives an example of a parent yelling at a coach. I'm thinking, is it a little league coach? Anyway, sorry, little league coaches out there, but, you know, and, and, but apologizing and that was, you know, wrong and I, you know, that won't happen again or whatever. And I really love that uh, because I think that When we acknowledge that we make mistakes and then we make some changes, our kids get to see that and we're really modeling something super important.
1: Yeah, I think it's really important, uh, an important skill and value to be able to, you know, teach your kids that it's okay, we make mistakes and it's okay, right? And we
0: can apologize for it and recognize it, admit to it, and then move on, which I think is super important. So Nicole, what does she say, you know, she kind of talks about, and this always comes up, other families' values aren't the same as your family's values. Uh, oh my gosh. Anyway, w- what about that? Yeah, well,
1: you know what? Your Your child might come to you, right? And ask you a question about how come so-and-so's house is so much bigger and, and nicer than ours, right? So really having a conversation with your child in that sort of scenario, you could say, you know, good question. Well, you know, their parents might make more money than we do, or maybe it's more important to them that they live in a nice house, right? Um, So kind of reflecting and recognizing that everybody has different values. And just because our values are different doesn't make them right or wrong. Uh But opening up that dialogue
0: with our kids. Uh And of course that always, you know, well, and so good, you know. That always happens. happens. But um, sort of, you know, you're teaching values. So then she does her breakdown of just like in every chapter with the littles, and then school age kids, and then um teenagers, and how do we teach little preschoolers our values?
1: Well, what I think is so great is that you can start teaching them right away, right when they're little. So, for example, you're gonna ex you want to explain to them reasons why you're doing certain things. So, an example would be I'm buying Grandma some flowers. Um, you know, let's buy her some flowers and we're going to bring them to her because it's really nice to be generous or to let her know that we're thinking about her. Or we're going to go walk the neighbor's dog for her today because she broke her leg. And it's really a nice thing to help others. So really getting your preschooler involved in doing those kind things with you whenever possible.
0: Mm-hmm. And haha, there was something in here that I did do with my kids. And that was creating like family traditions. And I actually still, my kids are all grown and two don't live at home. But um, pizza night is Friday night. It's the best day of the week. And we have done that in our family forever. And it was kind of like a fun thing, like a coming together, um, you know, when my kids were younger. And you know what, now I still do it. And most of the time it's just my husband and I, cause you know, everybody's grown, but it's kind of a fun, um, a fun way to sort of celebrate the end of the week, but together. So I enjoy that.
1: <laughs> I remember, you know, I, I, I thought about you when they talked about pizza every Friday. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, we used to have a family night. Um, like every couple of weeks we'd have a family game night. And that was so fun. I remember looking forward to that so much. It's those times together where, you know, there's no TV on, Mm -hmm. you know, no, no cell phones now. Right. we just all come around the table and enjoy each other's company and play games. That's such a wonderful thing to do as
0: a family. Right. And the same thing with the school age kids, you know, we want to give them, uh, we don't want to only, and I know this was in another chapter we don't want to punish. We want discipline that's teaching what we value. And so if our child makes a choice of, um, she gives the example of um, uh, the, the child vandalized like a field or something. But again, instead of just going to you're grounded and da-da-da-da-da, which you know, of course we're going to have some kind of consequences, whatever that might be. But talking through, like, why, what was this, what was the impact of this decision and trying to help our child um, learn how to make more positive decisions going forward. And then with teenagers, the same thing kind of comes up. What did you think about her spiel on that? Uh, Teenagers and ethical dilemmas.
1: Yeah, well, you know what I think. What I really like is she encourages um, us as parents to help our teenagers with critical thinking, right? And how are they going to address situations and temptations as they come up, right? Drugs, alcohol, um, bullying, that sort of thing. So, really, you know, letting talking to your kids about the the natural consequences of some of these behaviors. Um, and letting them know you know what you expect their behaviors to be. But what I really like is you know because you know it's common for teens to rebel a little bit at some point, rebelling against authorities, you know all well, that's kind of normal. But in order we really want them to, we want to try if we can to prevent them from rebelling against major issues. And she gave such a good tip and that is letting your teen, make decisions on minor issues, like letting them choose how they wear their hair or what kind of clothes they wear, right? Kind of letting themselves express themselves and feel a sense of independence will go a long way. Um, And hopefully they'll be less likely to rebel with more serious issues.
0: All right, so now we're to the what's helpful and what's not helpful, the best part of each chapter. I just like this, it's so concise. What's helpful, Nicole?
1: You need to know your values, right? So if you're unclear on your values, no judgment, right? But just sit down and think about what is important to me and what is important to me in this family, right? And then really paying attention to whether your behavior is in line with your values. And when it's not, it's okay to admit it and talk to your child about it um, and be honest about it. Looking for teachable moments during each day where you can instill your values in your kids. I'm talking to them about ethical dilemmas. Giving your child an opportunity to practice living according to your values. And pointing out examples of times when your child behaved in accordance with your values. and You know, saying, wow, I really like how kind you were to that person. I really like how thoughtful you were. I really appreciate you for being so honest. And creating a family mission statement, which is my favorite. And what's in, not helpful, Mona?
0: Well, what's not helpful, I think, number one, is mixed messages. And we kind of gave some examples. For me, I think that... It's so hard to be consistent as a parent, but certainly we, when we give mixed messages, sort of call ourselves out on it. And I think the other biggest thing is expecting our kids to passively learn our values. Sometimes we assume that our kids uh, know what our values are and we, it, it's more be- most beneficial to really have clear and concise conversations with our kids as to what are our values. And of course, Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff doesn't help, but we can get caught up in parenting competitions and that is not helpful to us or our kids. So, you know, we, we don't need to be better than anyone else. We just need to always continue to work toward trying to be our own personal best um, as parents and then teaching our kids that as well. So we're signing off from this chapter and uh, we'll do one more podcast where we're going to our whole team will be here and we'll talk about sort of what takeaways, maybe just a few points of what we really enjoyed with this book, because it's really a great book. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye.